Welcome to another great story with your host, Nick Sandino, brought to you by The Village Christian Church. Do you know any great stories? We sure do. And we can never find enough time on a Sunday morning to tell them all. Here at Another Great Story, we tell the truth about where life change, life growth, and life purpose meets our everyday life with the hope that you might experience God in your story. Welcome back to another great story. I'm your host, Nick Sandino. Joining me today is Savannah Jones with what I think is an incredible life change story uh, and a privilege that we get to um, hang out and do some fun things in ministry together. So sit back and enjoy uh, another great story. Savannah, welcome to another great story. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. So over here, uh, we're recording today in our Seneca campus, um, which is alma mater Seneca High School for both of us. Yeah, <clears throat> back you, in the old, back in the old hood. Did you ever think that we would uh, that you'd be like a high capacity volunteer, part time staff member at a local church in Seneca, Illinois? I did not. Did not even think I would be a community member in Seneca, Illinois. But what was the plan? But here I am. Oh, I was never going to get married and never going to have kids. I was just going <laughs> to move over to Africa and be like a village midwife. That was my. You wanted to deliver babies in a village in Africa. I did. Were yeah. you going to go to college for that? Yes. Yeah, because I took the. Um, they offer a CNA class in in the high school, and I did that, and I was like, "This is it." And I always loved babies, and I wanted to be like a village healer. And you. Did you have a part of Africa? You or were you just going to wander through it until no, you found? No, I just I had no fear and I had <laughs> no no plan, no nothing. No fear. There could have been somewhere over there that needed me. How old How old were you when this was the plan? Well, really little, and then once I was like fifteen, I was pretty sure of it. Going to Africa. Yeah. Wow. Nobody was like talking about that in high school. I know that wasn't like a on the. You know, when you get assessed, like, hey, you would be a great midwife in a village. Like, you didn't get that. No, it, I, I had a very grandiose thought with it, yeah. And I don't, I have no idea where it came from, but I remember being really little and wanting to be in the CIA, and my mom said, you can't do that because they make you do bad stuff. And I, stuff, <laughs> stuff that you wouldn't want to do. And I was like, all right, I got to switch that up, so... <laughs> Village it so is. what was the, uh, do you know what I'm talking about when they would assess you for like career day? Like you should look at these careers. What did they say you should do? Yeah. I think it was always nursing based. Nursing based. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was all, always like a service based. Mine was always like very, um, trades oriented. You should consider, you know, farming, you should consider the trades, something along those lines. Yeah. I can see there. You know? Oh yeah. It was, I envy it once in a while. Like it's a, um, like the handiness of people. Like, I just think, man, that'd be great to be like a master craftsman at some trade. Mm-hmm. I got one of my sons. I'm pretty sure they're gonna be like, you're, you're gonna be best at hole digging. Hole digging. I was good. I was good with a shovel. Yeah. I was good at digging holes. My dad was always like really proud of me at, at how fast I could dig a hole. It's, I didn't realize my brothers taught me how to scoop gravel once and it's, there's a way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I was, I think the neighbor came over and shoveled gravel for us. Cause I was teaching Vale, our seven year old, how to shovel. And I think he thought it was like too aggressive for a seven-year-old, but she's going to be good at it. You know, she'll be a gritty, tough little lady. It's important skills. And none of that happened. Like you haven't gone to Africa and you have not just kids, but like many, many, many. Yeah. I have five kids. Yeah. And the oldest one is why it didn't happen. I met her and, and she changed all of my plans. Well, that kind of jumps us into the story a little bit, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, so, uh, 
what was your background? What was your upbringing? What was your opinion or your outlook of church of God in, in, in the early parts of your story? Really little. I remember going out to the Methodist church, um, just in Sunday school. And, you know, I had like a couple of boys, we play basketball and a couple of our moms would be our Sunday school teachers. Um, the Shelton's who come to this campus now, Gina was one of the the Sunday school leaders. And I remember going to like a youth group camp type of thing. Um, they, they got us up in the middle of the night and we stole all the skis and went skiing at like one in the morning. And oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, somebody taught us how to double jump, Dutch jump rope. Um, but not a whole lot past that. Um, just you were like, how old when that kind of faded? Maybe like eight, really little. Yeah. And you know, I think what mainly happened was, um, the dads really never got on board. And so the moms tried as they might to bring their kids into the church. And then it fell off when they were kind of added alone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a common thing, no? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it like you're definitely going to get more involvement when you have the whole family, mm-hmm. you know? And so we, we target that. Like we want, um, you know, I, we want unchurched attending our church. Mm-hmm. So we try to make a, a setting that you would be comfortable as comfortable as you could be. Because whenever I walk into a new setting, even though I'm like outgoing and social, it's uncomfortable. So we try to make a, a setting that's that's comfortable for somebody who's maybe unchurched or been burnt by church to come in, have honest questions. Like there's no hiding your 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 doubts or your shame. Um, and we want the dad involved. We want mom involved. We want programs for uh, programs is the wrong world word. We want community for because um, programs are like you know dull. Yeah. You know that's just like such an old. We want community. We want community for your high school student mm-hmm. that they'd be eager to engage with, community for your junior high student, community for your grade school, right down to infant. We want mom and dad to be able to worship, learn, ask questions inside, outside of the church. Um, and they don't, you don't have to, there's not like a prerequisite to come. Right. You know, and I think you, I think we pick up on a good balance on that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely not what I grew up understanding as church to be. Right. <clears throat> I kind of saw stuffy you know, you don't really fit in here type of feeling. Um, and, and I, that was your personal feeling? Y- y- well, just as a kid, you know, like I never really remember being like loved by any adult in particular. Mm. Um, How I, much of that hindsight is, is in, impression and actual? Can you like evaluate that in hindsight? Oh. Because that's a lot of people's feeling. They come in, they're like, I don't know if I belong. I don't know if I'm wanted here. Yeah. No, I think... Um, there's a couple of women who, you know, ran, ran the, the youth program down there. And what I remember is like, hurry up and find this book of the Bible. And, and looking back, they totally loved us, you know, yeah. it's just, what, what do you do when you have this just 30 minutes on a Sunday morning or one hour on a Sunday morning? Yeah, it's not much. Yeah. And then outside in the community, um, I know now later on looking back that all of those people knew when I struggled, knew when I was going through things and they were like meeting to pray over me. And, mm. and not only were the seeds planted, but nobody ever gave up. And that's huge and monumental. And I think people don't know that that occurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those things don't fall on deaf ears. Like, we have a God who's still working on a bigger timeline than we're aware of. Mm. Wow, I'm really glad you said that. That's a really neat thing. Here's my shameless plug for it. We get, a, like, I've been in student ministry for years and years and years. And at best, if, if your kid's here on a Sunday morning, um, and I get them for, you know, 45 minutes by the time everything settles down. And then they're back at youth group, which is an hour and a half, but we've only got about 30 minutes of a lesson, 20 minutes of small group. Let's say all in all, I get, I get you an hour and a half a day uh, for maybe 35 weeks out of the year. 
you know, 30 weeks. So at best, I get you 50 weeks out of the year with a kid. If they show up at everything and their, their parent just keeps them chronically there. If I get that kid to camp, I get like 80 hours in the week with them. I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have uh, rec time where we play a game. I have all this relational equity. And then when I teach, there's such a trust built. That's why we're such advocates for camp. Yeah. You know, because I can just spend so much time with a kid that I, I couldn't spend that time with otherwise, you know. And, and that's it's not that camp is where God shows up. It's just where camp is where we've carved out time to spend with him. Sure. And my kids can't wait to go because they feel so not out of place. I mean, they feel like mm. every kid there, there's one reason they're there and they're not the oddball out. Like sometimes they feel like at school. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Every kid feels like the oddball at some, at some point, mm-hmm. you know, out of place. And that shouldn't be here at the local church, which is why we want to have local church. It's why we're meeting here in Seneca uh, at one of our campuses here. It's, it's, you know, 20 months old now, maybe a 21 February, March, April, May, something like that. It's, it's getting there. You know, it's been around for a little bit. So yeah. good to have the local church here right in, uh, right here in Seneca. I just was doing my math. That's why I paused because I'm way off. We're not even at 18 months, are we? <laughs> We're at like 15 or 16 months. Wait a minute. How old. many months are in a year? I don't know. It's like, it's a dozen <laughs> and then, uh, then a few more. Yeah. So then tell us your story a little bit more then. So high school comes. You got this dream of going to Africa, which I had no idea before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And then um, instead, you go a new direction right out of high school. You're going to college for, for nursing? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I don't. I think I was still going to JJC, just doing prereqs. Um, but I met Maddie when I was still in high school. Maddie's your oldest daughter. Maddie's my oldest daughter, who's, who's not mine, who I adopted. She was my husband's. Um, so tell that story a little bit. So I, I think... It's important to note a little bit beforehand, um, God just opened this space where um, I really had a heart for kids and um, what mothering looked like and things like that. So there was like a a lot of heartbreak that led up to it. Um, And when I met her... Personal heartbreak. Personal heartbreak, yeah. Yeah, traumatic things that, you know... But you you weren't privy to God working behind the scenes and all this. I was not, no. Would you have called yourself a believer in any sense? No. Or... Okay. No. I mean, I knew of God. No, I would consider myself like almost hostile and like a kid with a chip on her shoulder because the world kind of hit her a little hard. Um, that's probably an understatement. Yeah. That's not making fun of anything. That's like a very uh, kind way of, of categorizing that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, maybe. But it, you know, a lot of things happen to kids, and then people only see the response afterwards. So I was one of those kids that a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened too, and people saw the response of that. And you know, I don't know what happens in people's brains, but what we internalize is the actions that we do in response to something, and then the default of that, the snowball effect of all of our bad decisions on ourselves, and then you know your community response to it and things like that. So you felt labeled. And unfairly? Um, no, it wasn't unfairly. I deserved every label. Yeah. You, well, <laughs> I'd argue that. Okay. Because, because your argument was like you had these experiences that had brought you to the kind of place that you were in in high school. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, statistically, there's responses to things that happen. And so you can't really ignore that. But at the same time, 
Um, it is, it is choice and you are continuing to do things. Um, and I don't, you know, it's, it's weird because where I am now, I look back and it doesn't even seem like the same human. I mean, I don't even recognize that person. Mm. So it's not like I don't carry shame talking about it. I don't carry anything because like I literally, that person doesn't exist. So yeah, but it, it it's, it's impossible to talk about the past for a believer without it being like really disjointed almost. Well, yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's scripture and lamentations and it's, it's basically like, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget what that felt like, but there's so much hope beyond that. And so I don't like the only thing that I get out of that is that I can look at kids who are behaving in a certain way. And I know exactly why. And I like want to be like, you don't have to. Yeah. You see the backstory where other people don't. Right. Where other people are just evaluating the the activity. Well, yeah, and a lot of people are just, they, you know, we, we idolize our own children and we want to keep them safe. And, you know, you have to make decisions that are right for your family and things like that. So, um, and, and I get that. Um, but anyway, so there was a space that was made for Maddie to enter into my life and into my heart. And so um, my husband's sister dated my brother for a really long time. And when Maddie was born, um, her mom just was incapable of caring for her. And so she was like, like weeks old when she just dropped her off with Phil. And, um, how old were you? I was 16. Yeah. I was young. I was still in high school. Um, and he brought her to us because his sister was, you know, dating my brother and just for like a babysitting or help or he was a young guy too. He had no idea what he was doing. So, um, and he did a really good job, but very early on, he's like, I don't know what to do here. So, we just, we are the people, my mom especially, we just love everybody. Um, and we wanted her more than anybody. So, so yeah, we, I mean, I was young and he was not. So we would babysit her. And then when I started going to, to JJC, I think she was like coming up on two-ish and I was coming up on 18-ish. And uh, I was like, hey, <laughs> I've been, I've been watching Maddie a lot and maybe I could, you know, watch her more or maybe you want to go on a date or something. And you asked Phil out. I did. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, well, I, I think it wasn't the first time I'd asked him out, but he said, I don't think that's a good idea until like you're at least 18. But you know, I think, I wow. think he, so at, at first I don't even know that I really liked him, but I really, really liked her and she really needed a mom and I couldn't. You know, I couldn't stop thinking about her, and I couldn't stop thinking about him. And then she would be at babysitters, and I would just go get her and kind of take her. And and it was a very quick turnaround that. Yeah, so just to, like, give people, paint a little bit of a picture. Like, this is less than ideal circumstances for anybody, though. Right. You know, like, I mean, Phil's trying to, I don't know much about Phil's story, but Phil's a single dad at this point trying to keep it together. Yeah. You're, you know, starting out in this just journey of, of college, um, the medical field, mm-hmm. and you're just really captivated by this baby girl, mm-hmm. you know? And in the middle of it, like, nobody has, like, any, outside of your immediate family, there's no, like, church community. There's no relationship with God. There's, like, on Phil's end of it either? Mm, no. No, not, anything that he had experienced was just sort of, forced in and very uncomfortable. So he had knowledge of God and I don't, I think he was, he was further along than me, but, um, 
but he definitely was not a follower. He had just bought a new house. He was a, a single, you know, guy in his first duplex and in the union. Yep, but brand new, just out of the navy. Couldn't afford to lose any jobs, which is why he needed Maddie to go somewhere because he had to really quickly figure out how to just get to work. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, try to adult and try to manage and hold all that together. Yeah, and he just like did everything the doctor said and. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just, feel like Phil crosses every T and dots every I. He does. She had a nice bedtime, and she ate really well, and then I came in and put her in bed with us and uh, fed her Doritos and chocolate milk for breakfast. And right. Yeah. You were the fun one. I was, I just, we just weren't going to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then fast forward a little bit. So like you and Phil eventually start dating while you're in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I worked as a tech in the ER, and um, we had bought a house together. Um and we're living together and had Maddie. And um, this guy, Dave, he just really was relentless with me. And he kind of annoyed me to a point sometimes. But um, Relentless with? With invitations to his church. Come, oh, okay. Come with us. Come meet my wife. Come, come see. Come check it out. What's your thought when a guy like that asks you to church? Like, what goes on in your brain? Because the fear is, like, we tell people, invite to church, tell people about Jesus all the time. But my fear is that they're secretly, the wheels are spinning and they're like, trying to fabricate an excuse to not be there. Oh, no. My thought was, you have no idea who I am. You don't want me in your church. That was what my thought was. You were disqualified. I was disqualified. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. Phil ever feel that way? Um, I don't think so. That was, that was your thing. Yeah. He, it's hard. You got to know. He just, okay. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> care. He's so, just so easygoing. And no, I think he, I think he was frustrated with life that things seemed to be cycling the same way over and over. Um, and although we were together, it was not good. I mean, there was a lot of fighting, and we were both very immature, and we had this little one who, you know, in trying to hold things together, um, he was open to it, which was a really good step for me because I wasn't going to go alone. Um, but we did. I did go. How and many times do you think Dave invited you? Oh, maybe 10. Before you gave in? Yeah. Like there's an average out there that it's like a, there's a statistic that it's like at least five to seven invites. So if you've ever been shot down on inviting your neighbor, inviting your, your brother, your family, don't give up on it. Yeah. Every time I saw him, he would say, you going to come yet? And now, now I don't see him often. He's a firefighter. Um, so I'll see him every once in a while when the, that crew comes in and he'll just like, I'll try to walk by and say hi. And he just grabs me and pulls me in and you know. Oh, bear, just like so hugs. endeared. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're wonderful. Um, but it was um, incredible what happened when I just opened up a tiny bit to what God had in store. So yeah, which was you were in church for the first time. Yeah, and and it wasn't. They were meeting in a school in White Oak. So this is what always strikes me about like church invites. <laughs> um, we invite you, and then somebody like if somebody was to really investigate and be like, okay, well, what should I expect? Well. Come in, and we're going to stand in rows, and we're going to sing together. Yeah. You know, which doesn't sound weird to me. It's the weirdest part of <laughs> never going in. But places. we're, we're going to stand around, we're going to sing together. And then, you know, a preacher is going to, somebody's going to welcome you, and then a preacher is going to uh, teach from the Bible for, for a good 30 minutes. But we'll try to make that engaging enough that it goes, you know, really, like you feel like connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sing coming out of that, and then we take communion which we just assume everybody knows, sure. you know, and then um, we'll pass the bag, but you're new. So don't, don't feel like you have to give. And 
you know, then you can go home. Well, it's, it's different if you're not familiar with it. it it's, it's very, um, <clears throat> I don't think that you can, ex- like, I, I get a lot of questions of, well, can I wear pants? And I'm like, well, you should wear pants. I mean, <laughs> what they mean is like jeans, you know, like, what do I right. wear? What, I, what kind of church are you? So, yeah. um, I don't remember what, if I asked no, you any of that. There's all these like preconceived like, here's what I thought church was. What's your church? What's, and then there's all of these assumptions based on, on uh, popular opinion, TV, uh, media, you know, like whatever kind of media you've came across, mm-hmm. you know, like your taste of it was Methodist church, right? Sunday school down the hall, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, where it smells lots of like heavy populated Catholic area. Yeah. So lots of kids were raised Catholic till they were, you know, a certain age when they didn't feel like they had to go anymore. Yeah. So there's all these different impressions that come in. We were raised in a, a small country Lutheran church before we went to a little bit bigger local non-denominational church that was closer to home. Mm-hmm. But all that like forms your impression of what you think church is going to be when you walk into it. Yeah. Ultimately, it's forming what you think. What you what you think a living God is, or who you think He is, and what His interest level would be, which yours was disqualified. Yeah. And I think that's like the big hook of your story is there's a lot more people that feel that way and just don't want to verbalize it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I th- remember there always being a reason I didn't want to get there. Like Saturday night was usually a reason and still smelling like Saturday night on Sunday morning. And I wish people would get over that stuff and realize that that's okay. Like anywhere you are, even if Saturday night is lingering on you, come anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. There's an impression that you have to clean something up about yourself before you can approach God. Yeah. But we have a God that's the flip on that. Right. Like you approach God with nothing cleaned up, completely broken. Right. Like a, it's a... Uh, my good buddy Mark used to say to youth group, he'd he'd chuckle and he'd say, "Come as you are. You just don't have to stay that way, you know. Like, like you don't have to be that again next weekend. Like yeah. you can start new with Jesus at any point on this yeah. journey." People don't believe that though, they right? Think, no, that's a yeah. tough thing to swallow. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we made it one day. So yeah, yeah, and it was in the school, and they. I remember thinking, "Wow, they have like." drums and a band and maybe this isn't so bad but the singing and watching people sing which now is like my favorite part of church sometimes I want to stay for a second hour just to worship again mm-hmm. and before I go home um, and that's where I really encountered the Holy Spirit and I had no idea what was happening um, and I'm had, glad you said that nobody encounters the Holy Spirit and thinks oh this is normal yeah <laughs> well everything that occurs when you're in something brand new like this you you default on those same things too. Like, I don't know what this is because I'm not qualified. So, but, um, there was a, we were singing the song, Oh No, You Never Let Go. And I, the words are up on the screen and you read the things. And I remember like the top of my head starting to tingle and it like came down my whole body and my whole body was like tingling and I could not stop crying and the words like saturated into a place that I didn't know were there. You know, it just like overcame me. And I was like. Like a repetitive truth. Now that you know, like a repetitive truth about who God is. Mm-hmm. And you just like could not deny it. Well, it was like when you watch movies and they have like flashbacks and things like that. I, I could like see in my brain things, huge things that had happened that I I was like, he was he was there then. Like. 
like I want to cry now. I'm like, he was there. Wait a minute. He was there then. He never let go. And then mm-hmm. like some of the words are, um, there's an through the calm, through the storm. Yeah. Well, there's an end that's coming for the heart that holds on. And I'm, I was thinking my heart has held on for so long for this. I think this is what my heart has held on for. Oh, it was outside looking in what little <laughs> I knew of you. Nobody thought that there was like a softer side that was trying to hold on. No. You know what I mean? I, I like it always was such a tough. So think about all the people that you observe in your everyday ordinary life mm-hmm. that have an exterior that's like they've got it all together. It's fixed. They're fine. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like they're just tough. Well, you, I was thinking you were putting me in that category of like she's got three older brothers. They'd be on her a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was more. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, your, your brother Grant and I were buddies and, and – you know, Jared and Seth scared the daylights out of me just on, like, I ever thought if we, like, got horsing around, it could turn into a real fight, Yeah. you know, because they were, they were big men. No, it was more like there was such a, um, we don't know what's going on behind the, uh, beneath the surface with people. Sure. Like, yeah. and so therefore, like, we'll just justify, they've got their stuff together, they're fine. Mm-hmm. I, like, I have no, nothing to share. Like, what could God bring into their life? Right. Like, and it's just a, like, thank the Lord for Dave, you know, saying like, whether he was privy to what was beneath the surface or not, knowing that you needed the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I should ask him next time I see him, if he does that for everybody or if, you know. Or if he picked up on something. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, um, that I, I sense brokenness really easily and I'm sure that he does too. Sure. He's a very spirit led man. So. Yeah. yeah, which again all points back to like the leading of the Holy Spirit working in these things, which right. if you're listening and you're not like a Jesus follower, that sounds like crazy talk, but I can't explain how normal Savannah is and how, uh, you know, regular the circumstances were of working in a hospital, living with, uh, living with a boyfriend that, you know, we're trying to figure out life, trying to figure out an adult relationship right. with a baby um, and, a, and a ton of responsibility. And God comes in, sweeps in and changes like essentially everything about you in, in or begins the process of on a Sunday morning yeah. in a, in a junior high school. Yeah. Well, you know, the conversation was really quickly. If this is true, we gotta, we gotta like do a 180 from a lot of things. And if, how quick do you like, how quick did that mindset sink in? If God is who he says he is, if everything that we're, where if where I experienced him is true, we have to do a 180. How like how quickly did that come into your mind? I I'm not positive, but I do know that with like in two months, I was already telling other people like about Jesus. Yes, like you don't even know there's this thing that happened to me, and I found out what it was, and you're not gonna believe it, but you can hear, you can feel it too. Yeah, and Phil Phil was like you don't have to like I remember him pulling me aside you don't have to like tell everybody and I'm like you could though <laughs> you, you know <laughs> yeah because it was like this guy painting and our house and he was like I don't I don't know I mean he goes by bad Brad. I don't know if he wants to hear that <laughs> bad Brad. you're telling <laughs> when did Phil come uh, where's Phil at in this um he he agreed but again I don't know that I'm I try to think of when his real conviction came um I would say that was more in like the last seven years um mine I think was earlier and it's not because of anything other than he's a very like low-key I'm a roller coaster he's a river like Mm -hmm. he just 
where I'm going to like jump into something, he's going to take his time. And I think that's really the only reason. Um, and he didn't have quite the experience that I did. So, um, yeah. So God shows up and it's sometimes it's in like a, just a explosion on you like that. Right. You know, and then there's a lot of folks that are like Phil where nobody would deny Phil's relationship with the Lord. He's so humble. And I think of like these wonderful words, like meek and humble and steady, Yeah. you know, like that just describes Phil you know, through and through all right. of these like attributes of a Christ follower, right? you know, but just a steady approach, like, and, and consistent response, mm-hmm. like a yielding, like, yep, that's gone. So, yeah. and, and, you know, maybe from the very beginning, he was like that. Yeah, this is the way I'm glad that we finally found it together. Um, because he's never turned his back on it. And he's never mm-hmm. said, maybe we should stop going, you know, right. ever. So it's, and from really that first, that first day, it's, it's really been, I don't ever remember being like, should we go to church this week? Like it just was, a you just always did. Because it was a place of community? Well, I, I mean, I never, I kept, I never wanted to lose that. Like I was afraid that if we stopped, something would happen and I would like lose it or I would forget it or. Oh, the God that said, oh no, you never let go would be like, I'm letting go. You missed a week. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more a me thing. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to keep growing and I wanted to keep experiencing him more. And, um, and I saw rock bottom of brokenness and I saw like a way out of that. And I was like, if this is the way, let's do it. In your own life, you were there rock yeah. bottom. Yeah. Well, how long into like big changes started coming for, for you and Phil? Within a few months, we just planned a wedding. Cause we were like the very first thing that needs to happen is we can no longer live together. Was that an internal response or was that like a outside pressure? No, nobody said anything about it actually. Really? Nobody. Like you, but there was like a conviction from the Holy Spirit that you were like, we got to do this right and and be married. Yeah. Well, and it, it started to feel wrong, you Mm. know? Yeah. And I don't know that that happens for everybody, but it seemed like it, we couldn't grow in it without fixing like this primary thing that Just like, so what you're saying, just to be clear for like the listener, this wasn't like climbing a ladder of good enough for God. This was like responding to what he'd already done in love. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, there's things that he's calling me to that are better, that are his way, not my way. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know that I really felt any, like, like walking through the doors, like people are looking at us because I don't think anybody knew that we weren't married. Um, So it wasn't that it was, it was like. God says this isn't right, and that area of life we had both done very wrong. And so I think the pull to fix it immediately was at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to make this right because this can't be wrong between us because we have to we have to do this right for God. Mm. Does that make, is it oh, weird? it makes total sense. Okay. No, I just was, uh, you know, and in the middle of it, you, you're raising a little girl. Yeah. Who's like, what, two? Oh, yeah, maybe like, maybe like three at that point. I was pregnant with Hudson right away, so I was trying to think. I think she was four when I was pregnant with him, so this was probably when she was like two and a half. Mm. Yeah. So uh, then the story goes on. You end up like, and and we're just eclipsing years probably here, but you end up somewhere along the way coming over and, and checking us out at the village. Yep. And I, I'll, I remember you guys coming in for the first time. Yeah. And I didn't know, like I didn't know anything about you. I didn't know how many kids you had. I hadn't. I honestly hadn't seen, I'd maybe seen your brother Grant like twice since high school right. at like a class reunion or something like that, but didn't know any of this had happened. Like, I didn't know if we were your first church experience or if you'd been somewhere. 
Like I didn't know any of it. And I didn't notice till I got up to do the communion meditation. After the service was over? Like at the very end of service, I went up to do communion and I was like, that's, that's Savannah Reed. You know, I didn't know Jones and uh, my cousin Joel ran up to me afterwards and he's like, did you know Phil Jones was at church today? And I'm like, who's Phil Jones? And he put, it was your, you know, obviously your husband, uh-huh. you know, but it was, we get so nerdy excited when we see people we know that are, that it's just like an anxious excitement. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I didn't even know that you were a pastor at all. So really? So you were like, you too. came to our church and didn't know I worked there or anything? No, nope. We had gone to Manuka Bible a couple of times. I wanted to explain everything about God's grace in my life in communion like for you and your husband. I was like, Savannah's here. So God forgave me of everything. Like I'm a completely different person than the last time we talked. Like it just turned into like, Hey, lots changed since high school. Like, and it was all about, I hope you don't run out of here thinking I didn't know he worked here. So you had some of the similar feelings. Oh, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Even as like a saved, like I know Jesus loves me. I know God forgives me. I have a great relationship with my wife, my kids, my, my family. And I still see folks and I'm just like, I don't even know where to begin on all the things God's changed to me. Pride or arrogance or anger or, um, I mean, where do you, you just keep digging deeper in the well of all the things God's redeemed you from. And it's like, Hey, you haven't seen me in like 10 years. Let me just clear up who I'm not. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, so it was almost like, give me the chance to reintroduce myself. Yeah. You know? And I never once thought you were probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. I, I think that's a super common thought all over, across the board. Oh, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you, God had been doing stuff, and now hindsight. We're in a church in Seneca, and God's been doing stuff in, in different people's lives. It's There's not one person I would point at and be like, totally saw that coming. Do you know what I mean by that? No. Um, there's no one that I'm like, oh, I just expected this to happen. I just expected God to show up in Savannah's life or just expected God to bring the Sheltons. Like I loved the Sheltons growing up. I didn't think they'd, you know, I didn't think one day we'll be at a church together in Seneca, you know, or, oh, I'm trying to look around the room and think of all the different people, you know, that are here on a Sunday, uh, uh, you know, um, oh gosh, Brandy and Kyle, Mm -hmm. you know, like. When they come in, it's just like, oh, I'm so glad we have a church for, for friends like that. Yeah. You know, we weren't in high school thinking like, I'm going to start a church or I'm going to be a part of a church someday in a community for, for these people I know. Yeah. And I had spent so long, you know, I watched um, the Province family stand and worship at the church that they went to together. And I had prayed for years to be able to do the same thing with my brothers. And, and God worked it so differently that it's my aunts and uncles and my cousins instead of, you know, the, the boys aren't here yet, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I mean, he's just amazing in the way that he transcends what we even know to be good. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's just so much farther out in front of the things that we're expecting. Yeah. So God makes a radical change in your life mm-hmm. and now you're, um, you know, an ER nurse, uh, with, not no kids and working as a midlife in Africa, but in the same town that you've always lived in with a whole bunch of kids, really fun kids, by the way, like every one of your kids, I think are fun in their own way. They are really unique. Yeah. You know, I, I love joking with the boys. I think Oliver is like, I, we need to be out of student ministry by the time it's Oliver and Vale oh, we're in for and, it. and Charlie Norman. <laughs> like they're some strong willed ladies. Yeah. You know, um, but lots of fun stuff happening there. But now, like, 
today, tell us where you're at. Tell us the thing God, tell us the things that God's doing right now and where you think he might be going. Yeah. So I'm waiting on a few answers. Um, I'm trying not to jump the gun, but I had started a master's program for nurse practitioner and, and I kept wondering, is nursing going to intersect with ministry someday? And I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence to keep going with the masters. And, and I, I really foresee myself more in a ministry role. Um, <clears throat> so I just, when I think about what I want versus what I've always done and just building on my, my kind of plan A, it, it's hard because when you invest so much into something, people are like, you're crazy to leave it. You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've invested so much, but um, I just feel like a, a different call, a different way. And if I had it my own way, I would be like, like taking a class in divinity and taking a class in carpentry and mm-hmm. taking, you know, taking classes of things that just interested me as opposed to building on a career that I don't know. Yeah. So it's the tip of the iceberg on, you know, I mean, we skipped what, eight years there or no way more than that. We've skipped yeah, over a lot of years, That's 15 years of God about. continuing to refine you. Yeah. It, Probably five years at the village. Yeah. Shepherd was just born. So, okay. So probably five years at the village. And, uh, you know, what, maybe 15 years of following Jesus mm-hmm. and just a continual, like he doesn't let up, does he? No, no. And just when I think I have it figured out again, he's like, mm, we're going to, yeah, I'm going to put a you little, you said something, that. I'm going to steal something from your, your pre, Savannah's preaching in the Manuka campus this weekend. Yes. And this will probably be released after that. Okay. You know, um, or it might get released today. So if somebody listens to it, Savannah's preaching June... June 12th. June 12th, 2022. Um, and I'm going to steal something that you said in your practice of that, that I hope you reuse. And it's... Uh, I don't want to steal any of your thunders. Is this okay? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You said, you said like, the work that Jesus does is, like, watching paint dry. And I, like, I like perked up and I was like, ooh, like, are you bored? And you're like, no, no, no. It's like... The first layer gets dry, and he starts on the second layer. Yeah. Like, and he just goes right back to painting. Yeah. And you think, oh, we just finished something. And he's like, no, there's there's something else I'm going to do next. Yeah. Have you ever been disappointed at the work that he does next? No. Oh, my gosh. No. You'd think by this time I would learn to look forward to what is happening next because I would trust him that much. But, you know, this culture especially, I, I want light switch things. I'm like that personality that let's do it yesterday. Um. It's not how he works. And I think if anything has been refined the most, it's that you're going to hang on on that. We're going to just hang on right here just so that. <laughs> He's way more patient than we are. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What do you think he's got next? So, I mean, he's, he's flipped so many things in your life, yeah. in your family's life, um, probably in your marriage. Yeah. You know, so many wonderful things that are daunting hills to climb. When you look, if you were to look at all of this to unfold, like if 15 years ago on a Sunday at White Oak, God was like, hey, you're going to be debating not finishing your master's for full-time ministry. Yeah. That would have, that would have been a little much to process that day. Yeah. Um, Never in my, even five years ago, if I would have heard that, it would have been, no, I don't think so. Um. But what's next? Well, what is next? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I'm open. And I don't know I don't know that I'll ever know for sure that um, 
that nursing is out or that ministry is all in. But I, what I do know is that whatever path I take, it's okay. Whatever path I take, it's going to be blessed. And it's just going to be this very fruitful, um, beautiful process that it's just going to bring so many people to Christ, which is really my only, my only hope. My only goal is that I meet people and they know that Jesus loves them and they know that I love them and they know that we're here for them. You know, that's really it. So whatever the next layer of paint is, it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of like not giving you an answer, but I just, no, that's okay. I, I don't, I, I'm always wrong whenever I like foreshadow what the future holds. You know, because God has a different direction. Yeah. And in learning how to rest in that, like be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think of that, uh, you know, and I'm not, I don't have the reference off the top of my head. Do you? No. Be still and know that I'm God. We'll Google it. We'll add it to the show notes or something. Siri knows everything. You know, but, you know, just that, like, what's that mean to really be still and know that, know that, well, I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. Like, you've entrusted me with a lot of responsibility. I'm doing whatever you've, you know, equipped and provided for me to do. And I'm okay with wherever tomorrow ends up. I think it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it's fun to think about. It's scary, but it's fun. What would you tell somebody who was like just new to following Jesus? Oh, you have to find people. Because as much as God guides us and leads us, there are so many things that would have been just way easier to navigate if I would have recognized my need for the body too. And would have dove into things like rooted and discipleship and even, even people who were further in, like, Mm -hmm. like, what is it? Things like, let's use marriage as an example. Like this isn't going so great. And this is my honest, open dialogue with my marriage. What do you see in it and trusting people in it who are living a a godly marriage or godly parenting or Mm. whatever, whatever, you know, it hasn't all been, you know, roses. No, no, it's still you not know. roses. I don't think it ever is. Life is suffering, period. I mean, and you you suffer with a hope and you you suffer with the knowledge that he's good and his plans for us are good. And you have to believe that. Yeah, and your hope far outseeds your recognition of any of the pain. Yeah, and you know, I'm, it's not to say that every second of every day you just live in this, you know, hope-filled bubble. Like, that's not what it is either. You, two weeks ago, I called just desperate, you know, because some, sometimes, and again, you need your people, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. And it, and it changes. So like I immediately, I can't remember. I think I immediately text Lauren, like, and you just start praying for your friends. You just start yeah. praying for the people you do life with. And it would be, can you follow Jesus alone? Absolutely. Like it's just way harder. Yeah. Well, and what, what the people do is guide you back to God. They say, you know, go, go to scripture and write down every single thing that God says is true and, mm-hmm. and meditate over it every second of this week. And, and that's what you do. And, but it's hard because the world is so powerful. And, and the influence of what society and culture will tell you to do is loud. Mm-hmm. But he's bigger. So if you have people who just are willing to um, sort of take you under their wing even if not, seek it out. I mean, ask your pastors. Oh, I'd who, say seek it and keep seeking it. Yeah, who, so like yeah. we had so many groups that we've tried that like sputtered out and it mm-hmm. felt like, oh, we were really getting somewhere and then it failed. Keep going back to the well. Yeah. Like keep going back to find community and grind it out. We've got a bunch of little kids. It's really hard to get together, yeah. but keep doing community wherever you can. Like squeeze it in, yeah. you know, like uh, and and just 
pour God's word over it. Um, to shift gears, to like to to bring it all home, I'm mm-hmm. going to do a couple things. Like I'd like to say, if you need a good community, like come check us out. Like this is a good community in Seneca. This is a good community coming to Coal City, Illinois. Good community in Manuka Shanahan area. We'd love to have you at the Village Christian Church, nine and ten thirty on Sunday mornings. You can also join us online, um, live at the Village Christian Church, or you can find us on Facebook or on YouTube. Um, and there's, believe it or not, there's an online community, and we've seen people connect there. Uh, I just hung out with some friends a couple weeks ago and they said, it's so nice to see you in person because they're with us every week. We got a chance to hang out one weekend. Um, and it, you know, it's just such a cool thing to me that, that community's happening, um, all over the place. So if you need a good church, come check us out. Uh, we'd love to have you here. Like you uh, stealing more words from you. You belong here. Yeah. We, we think God wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, there's no shame. Just come and, and start right where you're at, right where you are, and we'll walk alongside of you. So, and then I'm going to ask, second part, is that would you close us in prayer? Oh, sure. I'd love that. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day and your word that we get to meditate on. Um, I thank you for Nick and all he does through podcasts and his sermons. Um, I wish that everybody who was listening, they, they just truly see the hearts of the people who come to this church and the people who lead this church. Um, it's, it's different. And... And I just, I'm, I'm honored to sit here. I'm honored that I get to serve you. Um, I, I pray that somebody is, is touched enough to, to open your book and to see what you have to say. Um, I know that your spirit is just residing in people. And, and I know that you, you have us in the palm of your hand. And God, I pray that, that whoever's listening, there's a blessing on their life today, that they feel your peace beyond what they knew before they heard. Um, and we just love you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Savannah, thanks so much for joining us today on another great story. Thank you so much for joining us for another great story. Make sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss our latest stories. And if you are in the market for a great church home, check us out at thevillagechristianchurch.com. We've got more great stories ahead, and we can't wait for you to hear them all. So until next time, keep living another great story.